Good morning and welcome to Music to My Beers. I am Zach Miller alongside Warren Cluck. Hello. And as we continue, the we're just going to call it Brewer Series. Should we just just Brewers? It's been abbreviated. It was a much longer, much more grandiose name, but it's a lot on the tongue. So it's our it's our summer Brewer series. We thought society's opening back up. Let's uh, let's reintroduce ourselves to all the, uh, the the places that are brewing in Michiana, and uh, we're excited to have South Bend Brewworks in the house today. Awesome! Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Glad to be here. Steve from South Bend Brewworks, you've been at the the game for quite a while now, and you have a new location that just opened up yep. last week. So, um, how long have you been in the beer industry? Uh, my wife and I took over South Bend Brewworks from the original owners in 2017, okay. um, and I was literally not in the beer industry, the restaurant industry, the hospitality industry, the none of that industry. Before you're just that. really bored, and you're like, I'll take on a big challenge. You know, it was one of, it was one of those uh, early 40s. Both of our kids were old enough to you know be doing doing this stuff on their own, and you know, kind of hated my job uh, behind a desk the last 20 years essentially, and uh, just kind of going nowhere. And it's like if we're gonna blow this up. We might as well blow it up right now, and we've got an opportunity to take over a brew pub, and you know what the heck? Let's see what happens. Awesome! Yeah, well, we're, ex- we're excited. Story. Yeah, we're excited to find out the genesis of how this happened because I think going way back to the first like six months the show was a thing. Uh, we had Andrew Elegante on, yeah. who was like the uh, the OG South Bend Brewers guy, but that was that was yeah. five years ago, man. And all this all this stuff has changed. So we're gonna get into more of that here in just a second with uh, with Steve from the South Bend Brewers here on Music to My Beers. Michiana's first, best, and only show dedicated to craft beer and drinking music. Cool brews, hot tunes. This is music to my beers. Music to my beers on Real Rock 103.9, The Bear. And welcome back to the show. It's Cluck and Zach. It's Sunday from 10 to noon, which means it's music to my beers time. And we have a special guest, another guest here in our Summer Brewer Spotlight Series. Uh, <laughs> there it is. Steve <laughs> from the uh, the South Bend Brewers is in the house. And uh, welcome to the show. Glad to have you aboard. This is the first time you've ever been here. That's right. Thank you, gentlemen. Glad to be here. And we said yeah. a moment ago, I think uh, the original owner of the South Bend Brewers was one of our very first guests we had in the studio. I think it was like Yaki Da and then... Um, Andrew Elegante from South Bend Brewers. But we also had uh, Goshen Brewers. Brewing company that summer, and Eric from Bear Hands. I feel like, nice. yeah, I think that was our first uh, our first lineup. And you know, you said a minute ago that this was something you just decided to jump into with your mm-hmm. wife back in 2017. How do you find out that you can acquire a brewery? Because it doesn't seem like it's something on Craigslist. Like, <laughs> sure. hey, seeking two people who are going to work their fannies off, you know, right. millions of hours to get this thing going. Um, well, it, we got uh, affiliated with South Bend Brewers um, before that. Uh, my wife worked for the Music Village, which is one of the um, community partners that the that has uh, partnered with Brewers since the beginning, since they opened up. And at Brewers, we do a thing called Beer for Good, where at fifty cents of every pint of beer you buy. We donate it back to one of three community partners, uh, nonprofits in the area. Oh, and cool. and that was a big reason why we got uh, involved, and we wanted to make sure that program kept going. We didn't want to see it fall kind of in the wrong hands of somebody else bought the business when we found out that it was it was up for sale. So so that was a, a big motivation for us. Um, my wife being involved with Music Village, you know, um, experience with nonprofits and and the people that run them and and, and who they help, and it was a that, I, that was a big deal for us. We, we didn't want to see it uh, fall by the wayside. And we also you know, want to see what we could do to kind of expand that program and try to touch as many different uh, nonprofits in the area as we could. And so that was the goal uh, right off the bat. Um, we do a, we were doing a thing, a, a fourth rotating community partner. Every month we'd brew a special beer and the sales of that beer would be, um, portion of it would be donated back to that fourth partner. So we ended up filling out all 12 months out of the year. And you know we were working with a lot of different uh, nonprofits all over the all over the area, and that was a good feeling. That was it was it was nice that we were able to to not only save that program to kick it into another gear. Um, so yeah, that was cool the, about that too. Is that yeah. uh, most people get into the brewing industry to make money for sure. <laughs> you know ourselves, and obviously we're we're all in it to make money and stuff. But the fact that you guys look at different community partners in and around the South Bend area that that you can partner with and and actually create um, lots of good beer, I think is 
is uh, pretty amazing, and it's unheard of usually. Yeah, and that was the cool thing about Brewer specifically. It's such a unique business model. You know, um, we're not what we are without the community partners and the people that they bring in, and the focus and the attention that they bring to us, and then kind of vice versa. You know, we help them out. We we let people in our community that are just coming in to have a beer, you know, know who they are, and you know, lots of good things have happened over the years just because we continue to make connections and partnerships. You know, and and, and some of our community partners talk to other community partners and then they create you know partnerships and it's just this fun i hate to use a buzzword but synergy whatever you know where everybody uh, it's and it's kind of goes with our vibe at our place too you know we don't have tvs in there we're not a you know uh, zone out and, and stare at a screen and you know we we encourage everybody to get to know each other to talk to each other you know everybody's friends and that's really what gives it that kind of that unique vibe that as soon as you walk in we you know kind of like cheers we know who you are everybody knows your name everybody knows each other you see the same people over and over again and then new people come in and and they feel that vibe you know right away and um, and that was a big part of what we wanted to save uh, from our old spot when we moved to the new spot um, was just trying to you know create recreate and, and save that vibe when we moved we're here with Steve from the South Bend Brew Works and so how does it go from you guys hear about hey there might be an opportunity here like what what, what does it take to even buy a brewery yeah um, honestly it's just working with Andrew um, you know one on one I learned how to brew crash course uh, down in the old basement at the the original location uh, and again I'd never brewed a beer before you know um, and, and you know South Bend Brew Works uh, the first few years there was some inconsistency um, there was there were I mean even I was not really happy with uh, how the beer was you know often and I think there was um, there was a lot of turnover with the brewers and that was actually. it yeah, that's a, that was it that's always you know, a big issue for any brewery when I when I look at what what are, what are the issues that they're having there you know um, once I kind of learned the process and I was I was once I got to the point where I was brewing beer at least as well as what had been going on there you know I figured you know it's only going to get better from here because I'm the only one that's going to be brewing this beer I'm not going to bring be bringing other people in you know right. I'm not going to be cycling through different brewers you know you have different philosophies you have different skill levels things like that you know um, if one person can can do it and maintain it and and be consistent and that was the biggest thing it just wasn't consistent enough from from visit to visit for most people and so um, so yeah for the first couple of years there it was it was just me doing all of the brewing all of the cellar work everything else um, and then we got to 2019 and we were we were very busy things that had turned around really well for the business and I couldn't keep up anymore, so I had to hire an assistant. Um, her name is Erin. Um, young go-getter, just uh, same kind of same thing. Didn't have any experience. She worked at a few brew pubs. She knew beer. She was a craft beer lover, just like me. And um, and then once I got her down in, into the basement for a brew day or two and saw her just jump right in and start doing stuff where I didn't even have to tell her what to do, you know, it, it was one of those where I saw that work ethic, you know, that I have and I look for. And so, you know, she's she's basically doing most of our brewing now. I, I jump in where I can, but, you know, trying to run a business and, and open a new spot and everything else, you're you're a general contractor and a maintenance man and, oh, a, yeah, you know, bro. a delivery driver and, you know, um, and then sometimes I go in and I try to brew a little bit of beer and then jump out of the way and let her do it right and finish it off so that <laughs> you guys had moved into your new location had the grand opening tell us a little bit about how that all came to be because now you're no longer on main street or michigan street in right because it was problems there were there were problems i saw on facebook with the old building and, oh, yeah. and that uh it was just you know it that's it's a lot yeah so you guys did what i think is the smartest thing and just said hey we're gonna find a new spot down the street it was it was a lot of things and actually this was kind of a long time coming um again when we bought the business in 2017 we kind of knew that you know there was a um a timeline on this this spot where we, we were going to be so successful that we were going to outgrow the space and, and and it wouldn't work anymore um the, the ownership of the actual state theater building where we were located in wasn't great um didn't even you know wasn't even in the country you know never around um, so nothing was happening to the building other than it was slowly deteriorating and actually uh, quickly deteriorating as we kind of found out a little bit later I think I went down there for a screening of uh, they, they did the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation a handful of years ago and even then like yeah. the inside of that state theater downtown needed yeah. I mean just spitballing a couple million dollars worth of work not including yeah. structural stuff but so that puts you guys in a weird position so now in the course of a small handful of years you've learned a new learned a new craft opened a business 
and now you're moving to a new location, which yeah. is oftentimes the biggest headache for a business ever to go through. Yeah, it was, I mean, again, it was something I knew was uh, down the line, you know, 2019 was great for us. And then we started uh, kind of looking ahead and say, okay, 2020, we have another year like 2019 and 2020, we'll be debt free. We'll, we'll have money in the bank. Maybe we buy a building, you know, we, we'll pick and choose 2021. It was always kind of the goal was tw- this, this year was going to be the year that we were probably going to find a new place and, and move and, uh, you know, find our forever home as we kept saying and, and, and go on. But, um, of course, 2020 didn't go the way anybody what? expected oh. it to, you know? Um, so then, uh, but the one thing that did happen was a new owner took over at the state theater, uh, and the new ownership was, um, uh, it wasn't a good, uh, relationship from the get go. Okay. Um, so let's, let's just put, put it like that. Um, they gave us the incentive to get out as fast as we possibly could. So we actually were planning on leaving that space in April of last year in the, in the middle of the pandemic and the shutdown and, you know, um, just so many things that were going wrong, going bad, um, that we knew we had to get out as soon as possible. So we started looking around. We, f- we settled on a spot. Um, we had signed a preliminary lease by uh, late August of last year. Uh, construction began in January of this year. It was done by um, uh, late April. Um, so we got flooded out uh, from roof leaks at the State Theater building in the, at the end of February of this year. And fortunately, we were already nine months into the process of finding okay. a new space. We already had all the uh, architectural renderings done. We were already in the middle of a build-out. If we had uh, waited, you know, and, and not jumped when we did, uh, we'd, we'd be in a bad spot right now. We'd have nowhere to go. And it is, uh, it is weird as it is to say all these, you know, the stars seemingly on paper, yeah. bad stars align. Yeah. You know, having having the pandemic shut down and having the space uh, unusable, your old spot. Yeah. I had I have to imagine that streamlined the process of you guys being able to get into the new location, which, by the way, is what what's the address of the new joint the new location is it's at the hibbard building uh 321 south main street we're in suite 105 which is the entire length of the uh first floor at the very back of the building so um uh, just outside of our patio, you can see across uh, from the corner of Western Lafayette. Okay. Uh, there's a parking lot out there. You can see the center field entrance to Four Winds Field from oh, our cool. from our patio. Got a couple of roll-up garage doors to let in some fresh air, which which I would have loved to have had last year in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, you know, right. <laughs> um, and actually, it was one of the one of the key features. You know, if we ever we're looking around, we're going if we ever have to go through something like this again it sure would be nice to have options to you know make it easier to do to go things or you know or roll in a mobile canning line through the garage doors and set up uh, you know a canning line in the in the dining room if we can't use it again and have to pivot to uh, packaging and to go you know that was something that we could do couldn't do at the other space so so a lot of what happened last year also played into you know how do we reimagine a new spot and and you know what would we like to find what we'd like to see uh, a big a big selling point was the breweries on the first floor and we have beautiful windows right outside our brewery oh yeah Mm -hmm. we have space uh, vertical space to put in uh, larger equipment which we did Um, you know there was just everything about the spot uh, had was just better it had all the advantages it was everything that we were looking for we we checked a couple other places but honestly we kept coming back to the Hibbard building because you know once you kind of see it and you look around and you go yeah this is this is the place well it was great for you guys too because the old, if you ever been to the old location, like it got very small very quickly. Yeah, oh yeah. For yeah. for the South Bend Brew Works. And now a thinly veiled reason to talk about more alcohol. Let's take our beers to the movie with music to my beers. B movie. And we've reached the point in the program where we like to pair beers with movies and a rating system that is either like one, it's cinema verite. 12 is an absolute movie drain pour. So, <laughs> depending on what you think of the movie, that's the rating system that we give. And uh, today I chose the movie because I know Peter Rabbit 2 came out. And it was one that, because of the pandemic, it was supposed to come out April of last year. And we were just talking about that in the last segment. And then everything, stuff that hit the fan, Peter Rabbit then was supposed to come out at the end of this summer. And because things are now opening back up, they actually pushed up the release to this past Friday. So I thought, well, let's do Peter Rabbit 1 ahead of going into Peter Rabbit 2, and I think I'm the only one in the room that's actually seen the movie. Uh, Zach is also a host of a Peter Rabbit podcast. You can find <laughs> wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm a big fan of Peter Rabbit. Uh, it stars James Corden as the main character, and then there's a couple of other famous voices within it, but also some uh, actors, and I, I cannot tell you their names offhand. But it's cute, it's funny, it's PG. It's one where um, basically one of the the next door neighbors moves into Peter Rabbit's quote unquote home and starts taking over. Um, the farm and where they're growing vegetables and stuff because right now all the animals have free reign but then as soon as the new guy moves in um they they no longer have access to their food so you want me to go first should i go first Uh, i think i think you have to man you're the 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 lone peter rabbit fan (laughs) fine i'm gonna give it four um four four heroes from the heroes pack uh, from Revolution. And I don't know which four, probably just the four that they've released lately, whether it's been a- Apollo, Kashmir, Galaxy, and Antihero, I think are, are the four that come in the pack currently. So All right. with those four. All right. Now, Steve, I'm going to go second. And I, like you, haven't seen the movie, and there's a very <clears> little <throat> chance. Your children are grown. I don't have kids, so I can't imagine a circumstance that's going to find me watching Peter Rabbit. When it's I was on a, Netflix, when I was a kid, it was Velveteen Rabbit. That movie, like, <laughs> you gotta burn all that kid's toys. What is this Scarlet Fever? Uh, but I, this movie, it, uh, I don't like James Corden at all. No, <laughs> no, you don't like him in the Friends reunion. Did no, I don't like him in like DoorDash commercials. I don't like him at all. Carpool <laughs> karaoke, not for you. No, and I don't understand how he got the Tonight Show. Like he was, he was nobody over here. Like he wasn't a thing. Mm. All um, of a sudden, there he is on our late night t- TV. I'm a Conan ride or die from way back. So I'm going to say I'm gonna, it's going <laughs> to take a while for me to get through this movie, and I'm going to be good and toasty. I had a party a couple of weeks ago, and I bought a load of beer for this party. My wife did. And I didn't count on everybody who coming. Everybody who came brought beer as well. So I'm Steve. I have so much Set. alcohol in my house. Like it's nice. it's almost unsafe. <laughs> so I've got like three cases worth of uh, wicked hazy from Sam Adams crammed in every nook and cranny of my refrigerator, my beer fridge outside. There's even a case or two in the basement. I've got to get through it. So I'm going to give this movie seven wicked hazies from Sam Adams. And everybody I've given everybody I've given one to says the same thing. This is pretty good for Sam Adams, man. I'm like. It's a dirt cheap hazy, and it's readily available. Like, not too shabby. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it uh, give it that. Now okay. we, we encourage our guests, if you brew beer, to use this as an opportunity to plug one of your own. Sure. So rate it with the South Bend Brew Works beer. Okay. Well, I'm gonna be uh, on the fly here. Um, I've I've never seen Peter Rabbit, as we already mentioned. Uh, one Did of my not expect to be grilled about Peter Rabbit. One of my favorite door. books growing up was on Watership Down, which involved was a very dark tale of a bunch of rabbits who were dug up and removed from their home with a, like a, um, a highway project coming through. And so they had to move and they were exposed to all the terrors and danger out in, in the world. And they're away from their den, their warrens. Um, and that one always stuck with me. So, uh, so sounds kind of yeah, kind of along the same. So, since I brought two of our brand new, uh, oops, Rye did it again. Double IPAs made with a whole bunch of Centennial and Centennial oh. Hero is one of my favorites from Revolution. I'm going to give it two for the two Oops Rye did it again cans that I brought along here. Yum! Oh, I love Rye and I love Centennial, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. I mean, Two Hearted is. One of the shows, I would say, favorite beers it's from Bell's. most popular IPA in the country. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm interested to try anything with a bunch of Centennial hops in it. Well, we, can we open one up next segment, even though we're just ahead of the split one, you think? We'll have to put it before the music to my beer producers <laughs> and see what they say. You're really, you know, messing up the show plan for the remainder of the hour. We're uh, a couple of Mr. Worldwides in this room, I know, because we're on, we're all on Facebook. We're at Music to My Beers. You can join the Music to My Beers Facebook group. And we have an Instagram, a Twitter, uh, a couple of untapped handles. I know that you're at Man Bear Clock. I'm at Dad Beers. Um, am I missing anybody or anything? You have a Facebook group that Zach Lord's over. You can join. And uh, what sta- happens in the Facebook group stays in the Facebook group. But also, Zach does a great job of podcasting this show every Monday. So craft beer enthusiasts, little boy and little girl craft beer enthusiasts around the world can listen wherever they get their podcasts. You might be 21 or older to listen to the podcast, though. Do we have an E rating on our podcast? No, you be, <laughs> oh, no, you can be a seven-year-old to learn about craft beer. If you want. <laughs> so uh, we're here with Steve from South Bend uh, Brewer Works. Where uh, are you guys located on 
Facebook. Yep, yep. Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we're at t- on Twitter. Uh, Untapped. Um, you can uh, actually we use the uh, the codes for our Untapped menus at the bar to kind of speed up the process to look good and see what, what's on tap. So we keep that regularly updated. And um, you want to ask him? Yeah, I'll go. Ahead. We ask. This is where we ask the brewer every week. What because the the opinions range from I love it to I think it's the devil incarnate. Mm. What do you think of Untapped as a guy who's making the beer? I honestly don't care that much to be um i don't hate it i I get why some people do um again i think it's handy because of the uh the beer menus you know i have my beer menu on there we created a qr code you stick it on the table people can they can't see your brew board inside they can quickly look it up that's what i use it for honestly and and it's also fun as a a user whether it's uh south bend brew works whether it's hop station anywhere you like to go get beer you set alerts and i know the second that yep a new beer has been added you say oh it's my favorite or ooh, that sounds interesting maybe i'll go check it out or i gotta get down and get this because it's not gonna be around very yeah let's let's put it this way it's not it's not uh like yelp I know if you don't ask me my opinion on Yelp because that's the one that I'll I'll go I'll rant for hours on. <laughs> well, I feel like we can talk for hours about all this because you you know not only are you you're only a handful of years into your your craft beer journey, but you've also been foisted this whole like there's the hospitality industry you've had to deal with. There's you know food and beverage. There's all of this all in one shot at the same time. Was there ever a point where you thought, you know what, I think maybe my wife and I have bitten off a lot more than we intended to chew? Yeah, around right around March 16th of last year when everything <laughs> shut down. And, yeah. uh, you know, Did um, not plan on no money coming in. Yeah, that that one was, uh, that was quite a shock to the system. Um, so actually, we haven't really gone through too many situations like that because when we took over, uh, we were lucky enough that uh, most of the staff were in- industry veterans. Um, they knew what they were were doing and then we leaned on them um from the get-go and said you know you know my my thing has always been you know i want to hear all of your suggestions all of your comments all of your thoughts and ideas i can't guarantee i'll say yes to all of them but we're going to definitely listen to everything and and if it makes sense we're going to do it you know and we wanted to give all the employees a voice in how this thing runs um so that was big from the get-go and and they helped us a lot you know they're the ones that they they knew how the place worked better than we did in the beginning Mm -hmm. so of course you let them do their job you know and then you just try to tweak and and fix and fill as you go along um so no it wasn't crazy hard Uh, the biggest thing has just been trying to figure out you know um business flows and things like that and and again then you go to last year and and then everything is turned on its ear you know numbers and comparisons and trend three-year and five-year trends mean nothing anymore you know um how excited are you that notre dame is welcoming back 100 percent capacity oh man i'm excited for all of it you know it's just just the the overall feeling of this summer compared to the last summer you know um the the it's just night and day you know everybody's happy again and we we talked about it earlier but you know look this time last year, you know, uh, you couldn't be near each other. Yeah. You know, it was hard to be open and feel comfortable. Everybody was angry at each other about everything. Well, I think also and, it gave everyone an opportunity to see exactly what kind of an impact the between Notre Dame and the South Bend Cubs. Oh, yeah. What that does and how that could how a lack of that kind of traffic can yeah. just cripple an entire downtown. And sometimes, sometimes we you know, we'll hear rumblings. People, people, I think, forget that we're really lucky to have these things here, bringing bodies and bringing money through downtown South Bend on a consistent basis. But is 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 it time to open one yet? I heard it. Okay. I heard okay. It. It's my ears. Yeah. Uh, oh, I love when we open beers. We're here with Steve from the South Bend Brew Works. Welcome to Hour Two. And uh, this is the segment of the show. We sit down, we we take a highlight, and we spotlight one beer. We go around the horn and weigh in on it. And you brought two today, two different uh, brews. What, which ones are they? We'll decide. Which one we want to try here? So uh, the first one is the last. It's the first. It's a hazy pale ale with all um, El Dorado hops. Um, this is the beer we were scheduled to brew uh, the day we got shut down from the roof leaks at the theater building back at the end of February. Uh, so we had all the grain together still. We just put a lid on uh, on the barrel that uh, of all the mixed grain and brought it over. And of course, you know that's that was the first beer that we brewed when we got our new system up and running. We finally got our final state permit to make us uh, brew legal so um yeah the, that day that we found out we had it we we had everything ready to go and we 
put it in and started going. So let me get this straight. Did you have to re-get like oh, yeah. approved yeah. all over again? So all that yeah. stuff that happened down on, on Michigan Street. And that was always gonna over. that was always gonna be the biggest challenge oh, moving a brew pub. Made it difficult for you. <laughs> uh, uh, so I it was the state of Indiana that was the one that took the longest. Um you had to get we had to get a new federal TTB brewers notice and I actually um uh, got that back in twenty four hours approved. I mean it was oh, wow. lightning fast. Um it was but then you know you you can't get your state uh, small brewers permit until you have your TTB. So by the time I got that, and then the state probably took a little over a month. And you know, um, I don't want to I don't want to tick anybody off uh, at the state level, but it'd be nice if we could do uh, communication not by snail mail uh, oh. and maybe by email. There's this new electronic mail delivery service. Uh, in case the state hasn't learned about it yet. <laughs> um, that would be nice to be able to streamline things, especially when, you know, in our situation, when you're just trying to get back open and, and you know, the last thing you need is to get um, something in the mail five days after it went out that you're missing a signature on a document or something trivial or minor that shouldn't be holding somebody up from doing the business right. in the great state of Indiana. So um, that, that's my little soapbox rant. That was not yeah. Steve from the South, from not the South Bend Brewer. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's crack that one open. And what's this one? What's the name of this one? This is called The Last is the First. It's a hazy pale ale, 5.9% ABV, and it's, uh, again, all Eldorado hops. Um, we've actually brewed a similar one to this before. Um, we just kind of, we play with our hop schedules sometimes just to see, you know, where we can tweak things and, Ooh, thank and you. adjust it. And um, Ooh, that smells delicious. Yeah. Wow. Most of our hazies, we kind of have a very similar malt bill because we, we kind of dialed that in after doing it. Uh, over the years so um, lots of calcium chloride in the water profile um, you got your wheat you got your flaked oats yeah this is the nerd talk we got here yeah <laughs> Um, just shooting for that smooth mouthfeel. Now, what you'll notice in our hazy is a little different from a lot of other people's. Um, you're still going to get some uh, some hot bitterness. Um, I'm not 100% dyed in the wool believer that you can't put hops into a, a New England style until you know the dry hop or anything like that. We still put in a first edition. It's small, mm-hmm. but you know, again, we're trying to showcase the hop. So, so there's Eldorado the in, a yeah, little bit in the get, beginning, and you're right, you get that. Um, it's on the finish where you, you get that nice juicy up front and it has mm-hmm. that nice sort of tight hoppy finish and that's that's what I like that's um I'm still kind of an old school IPA guy, and I always will be. And that's what the the other beer that we brought, the Oops Where I Did It Again, um, lots of Centennial, and and it's got some it's got some nice bitterness to it. I like yeah. a little dank in my morning beer, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> now uh, let's talk a little bit about the actual lineup at South Bend Brew Works. Um, for the uninitiated, you guys are obviously at, you're at a new location now. Yep. Um, check out every all the information on Facebook. But if you could say South Bend Brew Works is this give me like two really signature beers that that kind of define who you guys are because sure. every brewery does something a little bit different and um that it's it's kind of like a, a brewery's personality mm-hmm. uh we do ipas you know pretty well and again i i brew what i like to drink uh, and our, our uh, most popular beer from from the beginning is uh stargazer ipa it's mostly citra hops with some amarillo in there as well um that's just a go-to beer no matter what um always are consistently our best seller that or whatever hazy we have on tap is always the best uh the best selling beer um and then probably the emily's grapefruit ipa and uh that one is especially right now is is super popular in the summertime uh we we take whole uh fresh grapefruit and we chop them up into small pieces and and then we just dunk them into the fermenter and we let it sit along with the dry hop uh for about seven eight days whatever and so we're not using extract we're not using straight juice um, we're combining uh, actual grapefruit with uh, Chinook and Simcoe hops, and we're trying to go for that essence of grapefruit without it being. I mean, Sculpin's a good beer, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But to me, it, it's it's beer. Uh, it's it's grapefruit juice that's also beer sort of a thing, like a Rattler type. Yeah, beer. yeah. But you're really it's, going for the actual. I want it to beer. be beer that has that hint, that essence of citrus of grapefruit. Now, um, when you took over the brewery in 2017, we're here with Steve from the South Bend. Brew Works. Were there any beers that you saw in the lineup? You're like, yeah, these aren't making the cut. Were there beers that you were like, you know, this doesn't really fit because um, because you know it's 
everybody's different, but also your beer's got to make money. It's yeah. got to be consistent. It's got to be. It's got to be good. Where are there that you just thought? Yeah, I'm not doing this. This is not me. Um, there was a couple. Um, there was a sour, like an imperial sour, that uh, wasn't great. Um, there was a saison that wasn't great, but that was also a challenge to say, okay, what were they doing wrong? How do we fix it? And what do we? And a lot of times, it just comes down to process, paying attention to what you're doing, using the right yeast. You know, um, just just paying attention to to the the actual brew day and and doing it well. Um, there was a couple that I didn't like that we had on that I tweaked and changed. Uh, our our house double IPA disinhibited. Um, I remember when the Brewers first opened in, in 2014. That was my favorite beer. I mean, it was a again. I like the West Coast style, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. And it was a it was a kick in the face, you know. Hop, hop forward, yeah, it was yeah. great. But it also it also had a big dry hop in in the originally the the first version of that beer. It was a huge dry hop of Citra, Mosaic, and Galaxy. Uh, and then over the years, Galaxy uh, got swapped out for Halito Blanc because Galaxy is expensive. And then at some point, it gets really difficult to find, and you can't consistently, consistently brew with it. Because and it's funny, because when this show first started, Galaxy was like the brand new thing. Yeah. It was the new thing that everybody was trying because it was cheap and it was yeah. new. And then it's been really funny over the last few years to watch it, the, just the metamorphosis of yeah. you know, so much of it is needed. The prices go up. People stop using yeah. it. They move on, and all these new Pop strains have come out. And that was almost our situation uh, in 2019 going into 2020. Citra was getting to be that way. I mean, oh, there was wow. Citra was getting extremely expensive. Like and the, uh, spitball, like what's an expensive? Like how much is it expensive? Anything pound? over 20 bucks a pound. And Citra was starting to push 25, 26 bucks a pound. And when we're, so that was in Stargazer, which, which is our flagship IPA. We were putting Citra in a black IPA. Uh, it's basically uh, the black IPA version of Stargazer. That was a house beer. That one didn't make the cut. You're uh, to answer that question earlier, uh, and disinhibited um, another house beer. So I had three house beers that were getting pretty large. Uh, How many pounds per like per batch of beer are you going to use? Um, of just Citra, you're probably looking at about two to three pounds per barrel. It's about two and a half pounds per barrel on Stargazer, uh, three and a half pounds per barrel on disinhibited the double IPA. So that's wreaking havoc on the old bottom line. Then. Well, yeah, yeah, and also it was just a matter of you know finding it too because at some point um, all the hop contracts would would out there would scoop up mm-hmm. large amounts of this so then you're left trying to scour the spot market you know or a lupulin exchange just to see who's got what and then at some point you almost just have to take what you can get because that's what's out there so so I, I've been kind of stockpiling Citra as long as I could, mm-hmm. and now the price, tr- prices drop back down to re- more reasonable so in the $16, $15, a pound range, and that's you know that's doable, that's livable. You know I can live in that range a little bit. Um, tried getting hot contracts in the past, but we we're so small, and yeah. we we're always you know the low low guy on the totem pole, and by the time the contracts would get around to us. The, the allotment would be spoken for so so again you know being that small has its disadvantages and that you're paying a little more for things than, and you're just scrambling sometimes to find um, to find ingredients and now we're starting to see it in the yeast end of things um, we use Lalamon has a really great New England um, East Coast uh, New England style yeast that we use in the New England's uh, the hazies and you know they're I can't remember how many weeks they're out right now I've got an order in but I'll be lucky if I see it by maybe the fall. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. it's yeah, stuff is, and that's that's those are supply chain issues that we're dealing with right now. Is you know some stuff's readily available because you know like hops for instance, you you know you, they were blown through them. You couldn't you know you couldn't find them, and then all of a sudden everybody slows down from the pandemic, and, and you know now they're everywhere and they're cheap. So you know you're you're making it up on one end, and then you turn around and you're scrambling like what the heck am I going to do for yeast right now because I don't have the the house you know the, the yeast I like to use for most of my stuff and that's when you experiment and you try something different and you see how it turns out. Steve, this is why we had you. This yeah. is all stuff that Zach and I had just <laughs> I armchair. had no idea. Yeah, as armchair craft beer enthusiasts would have no idea. Um, let's go around the horn. We'll each throw in, there are three of us here, so we each throw in uh, two beers on a mixer sixer and uh, could be beers, Steve, that you like, could be beers you had that you weren't impressed with and we always like to tell our brewer guests, use this as a chance to promote your own. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go first. There were two new ones that I had in the last week that uh, that really impressed me. One was from the, the War Pigs, Three Floyds, uh, uh, the Buffon Jellyfish. How was that one? Is that one 
pretty solid. Yeah, and uh, there are a couple different flavors and sours and some hazies that I think are kind of are hard to get. And when you get them, you don't want, want them to be too overpowering. Mango's one of them, but this one features guava, hmm. which is such a weird. Uh, the only time as a kid you ever have guava is like in some goofy candy, some fruit candy you get at the store. So for me, it's it's always a hard flavor to kind of punch out and spotlight. But this one, it's a uh, passion fruit sour, but it's got pink guava added. You can really taste the guava and the passion fruit, which is hilarious because I've eaten neither of them plain before. But you get that, <laughs> yeah. you get that very much like all right. But it's it's fun to me when you can have a beer that doesn't take um, a master's degree to break down the flavor of like. Tell me what it is, and then I want to taste what's coming to me. So this is what that tastes like. When you yeah, it's, that really, beer. it's really good. It's just, just I think, a skosh over 5%. And now that we're in uh, you know the, the midst of the heat streak and pool season, like it's a great summer sipper. The other one I have uh, this week that I've been dying to try, and I just have not been able to find. Um, I also haven't looked very hard. I'm sure Citywide Downtown has it. But it's the 70-plus West Coast IPA from Old Nation. Oh, yeah, I did. Old Man Ernie, let me try that at your party the other weekend. Yeah, that's where I picked up my can of it as well. And it's fun because we know them, what, for Boss Tweed, for M43, for Tart Strawberry M43. They're so good. They're Brute M43. But this is Old Nation's take on a West Coast IPA. And I think it's fantastic. And the the weird thing about it was it doesn't have, you know, your your typical just like razor sharp hop finish to it. It was soft and uh, almost... The carbonation sort of just made it real velvety toward the end, which I thought was nice. But it was it was really good to see their take on something that they're not known for doing. So those are my two, Zachary. All right. Uh, one that I saw in the liquor store just recently, and I don't know if it's like a seasonal one from Founders, but Four Giants IPA. I know that they kind of combined a bunch of different things to go into that one. It kind of reminds me of the Double Trouble. It's really hop forward it reminds me of like we were talking about earlier on the show like really liking the hop flavor we've gotten away from that with some of the hazies and stuff like that but i like a good nice bitterness and punch in the tongue um I much like they, a hop I stupid i think they roll out four giants like once a year but uh it's very very strong like, and it's out now yeah i, would yeah. Say, I think it clocks in at about 10 percent. so yeah. i buy a four pack and it'll take me legit about a month to get through it because you're like well if i start with one of these yeah it's gonna be a bad night if I finish one of these, it's going to be a worse night. <laughs> That's like Hop Slam from uh, yeah from, uh, Hell, from yeah. Bells. Yeah, you don't know you're drinking a ten percenter until you know you it catches one up and you're to like, you. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Uh, I didn't need that whole one by myself. I probably could have shared that with the room. But. And it doesn't it doesn't help if you're at a, a place that doesn't realize they're not supposed to be serving that in a full large pint glass, and they set it down in front of you. And you're going, oh god, what did I get myself into? <laughs> for a sixteen ounce ten yeah. percenter. Yeah, <laughs> I went to a Bourbon County tasting out in Phoenix. Uh, Black Friday, like four or five years ago, it was at a Whole Foods. And bless the bartender's heart, she didn't know what she was doing. <laughs> oh, so no. The first hour of the tasting, everybody was getting $8 full pints of Bourbon oh, County. Jeez. So we're just like, we're going to call a cab. Let's do this. And finally, a uh, representative from, from Goose Island was like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> that's like not a good thing you're oh, doing. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's bad news bears. Bad. But at least, at least you got, you know, a little bit of it yeah. while you're out there. Mm-hmm. The next one I'm going to throw in, I'm, I'm, I also like sours. I, I think Lagunitas for their Woodshop series is a really awesome sour. It's called the, I know I was going to butcher the name, but Sonom, Sonomica, Sonomonica, Sonom. So, if you're looking for a bailout here, you're not going to get it. <laughs> no. S O N O M I C A. And it was on uh, special at Citywide. So I picked some up, and it's pretty good. It's a sour farmhouse ale that's aged in some red wine barrels. I think they put that out the same time that the Willetized came out this year. Yes, and you could get uh, that one on special uh, now because they had so much left over. Will ties not so much. Steve, now this is a chance. You could either promote something you're a big fan sure. of, but if we were you, we would say, this is radio broadcast time. Let's throw it on some South Bend Brewers beers. I'll do mine second. Um, I'll go with the beer I had yesterday on tap over at the Lauber. Uh, Silver Harbor Brewing Company um, up in St. Joe. Yeah. And uh, pick me, I'm hazy. So, again, I'm not... You know, a massive hazy fan. When I go to the store, I mean, when I go to the store, you end up buying a couple of hazies because that's almost all that's on the shelf these days, which is fine. I, I also like to check them out and experiment and say, okay, which one do I like? Which some of them are just so cloying and and you know they're just they have that weird back of the throat aftertaste. Pick me, I'm hazy from Silver Harbor. That was a good one. I rather enjoyed it. Um, that's a great spot to hang out too if you get. Yeah, it's like right smack in the middle of like, yep, downtown. Right downtown. You're not that far from from Silver Beach over there. Um, uh, Silver Beach Pizza, in case you don't want to eat at the brewery. Of course, you know, I'm not saying don't do that, but um, yeah, I enjoyed that one. Lots of options. Yeah. Uh, and then um, 
as far as our beer on tap right now, um, I'm, I'm going to plug the first beer that I ever created from scratch uh, at South Bend Brewers, and it's it's a, uh, a staple beer now. It's always on. It's called Cocoa Velvet. It's a chocolate milk porter, uh, oh. lactose and organic uh, cocoa nibs, and uh, it's kind of one of those where we didn't have anything on tap at the time that was quite like it. You know, we have a, a oatmeal stout that's usually on. Um, you know, we do some other things things but um i wanted to do a nice big fun dark beer um with, with some some more on the chocolate focus yeah. side and less on the the coffee and roasty um, and being a supporter i'm sure it's not gonna like ruin your day to have one right it, it still clocks in around six and a half percent or so uh but yeah you can have a couple and and um yeah, it was one of those like first one out of the gate everybody loved it and I haven't stopped brewing it since basically um, so okay. which is which is unique for us with a dark beer because dark beers just don't sell like IPAs and you know and sours and things like that so um, being able to keep that on tap and consistently um, have good feedback and, and good good results from it you know that one's always that one's near and dear to my heart because that was my, my first real one. I didn't expect this to take such a sentimental turn, but I'm <laughs> yeah, all about sentiment right now, man. Yeah. We're all up in our fields at the new place here. Uh, coolest thing about being in a new building is a new building smell. You like, you know that you're not walking into a headache that was created behind a you know piece of drywall from somebody two yeah. minutes ago. I mean, no matter what, being a business owner, you're always concerned about walking into some random headache um, and, and being in a new building. One of the thing, things about a new building is um, if something is there, there's a little leak somewhere. A uh, good way to find out if your floor is sealed is uh, go down in the basement and see where water is dripping through. So, you know, uh, m- minor things uh, so far. The build-out's been great. Majority of builders is our general contractor, and all their subcontractors just did a fantastic job. It looks beautiful. It's amazing. Um, I'm still a little... Uh shell-shocked from our experiences over at the State Theater. The State Theater, uh, life in the State Theater was basically like the Wild West you could do anything you wanted over there because the landlords weren't around, you know, and they, they didn't care. But also, if anything ever happened, you were 100% on your own. So if you break your leg out in the middle of the Wild West, you know, you're you're going to do a Daniel Plainview and drag yourself in. To, <laughs> well, it's also got to be weird for you because as a first-time business owner, first-time brewery owner, like, you don't, you might not know that this is not how things are supposed yeah. to be if you're in an actual oh, yeah. different location. Like, were there a couple of instances where you thought... Is this normal? This happens everywhere. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, um, especially when we, we were having issues with like our heating and cooling system. And I finally get somebody to come out that works on the unit that we had at the old place. And and once they got up there and they uh, said, well, your your condensate uh, pump is installed backwards. And so that's the reason why I keep shutting off, you know. And we found that happen with a couple other things. And, and so we learned a good lesson, though. If you're going to build out a, a new place, um, don't do it on a budget like, you know, on a shoestring budget, you know, and Band-Aids and bubble gum and duct tape are not acceptable ways to install equipment, you know. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, there there were plenty of instances where, you know, we had to kind of – and the problem with that is you take it over midstream. You don't know how it was installed. You don't know who installed it. you got to play the guessing game of, you know – and, again, you end up, you end up getting into that uh, mindset where the only way I'm going to fix this right now so we can get open is – is you're going to just wrap a little more duct tape around it. Mm-hmm. So getting out of that mindset of the new place um, might take a minute. You know, I'm trying not to just say, well, what's a quick, easy fix on this? You know, was, well, no, let's let's just do this right. Let's get this taken care yeah. of. If there is an issue, and there have been very few, we had to swap out a window pane because it cracked on its own, you know, glass failure and whatever, you know. I could have just slapped some some packing tape over it to keep the crack from going. It's like, no, no, we got to pop this window out and put a new one in and you know and let's yeah, I learned about glass failure right <laughs> well and now you yeah. guys are in like the Cadillac of yeah. buildings and whatnot yeah. and that area is kind of up and coming for the the South Bend area yeah. especially around the ballpark there you've got the new um, apartments coming in and um it's it's super cool. As somebody who rollerblades frequently around downtown, <laughs> I just had to bring it up because it's something that I, I enjoy doing. And I actually just missed your guys' grand opening last week because as I was rollerblading over there, I was like, oh, closed on the door. I didn't realize then this was on Monday. I didn't yeah. realize you guys were opening on that Wednesday. But I'm going to have to now go back over there because you guys have a really cool hangout. You still got the patio access just like you had at the old location. So that's nice. And then, like you said before, the garage doors yeah. I mean is, are just amazing should we open up another one I see you on the other one I think we should I'm okay. uh, right. it down pretty hard 
This is the uh, the rye that you guys created, and you just threw a ton of Centennial in it, right? Yeah. So um, the fun thing about this one is, and the reason it's called Oops, Rye Did It Again, is um, this originally was going to be our house double IPA, disinhibited. Um, and in my enthusiasm to get the brew day going, and we were grabbing 50-pound bags of, uh, of oh, grain to, to throw into the mash tun, and I dumped a full bag in, and then I looked at the label on the bottom and realized I had dumped in a full bag of Munich malt rather than oh. two-row barley. So that gives it kind of that orangish color? Classics, classic Steve, wow. yeah. Um, we got gotten our first grain order at the new spot the day before, and as I was stacking bags and moving things around, I must have misplaced one on the wrong stack. So, um, so obviously, the, it, it was no longer going to be uh, disinhibited that we were brewing that day. Um, so then you just do what you know what you do on a brew day, and you're in the middle of it. You're not going to throw it away. You know, it's not like it's going to ruin the beer. But what do we do to change it? Slap we got Britney Spears. We, we got man. exactly. We got some <laughs> rye downstairs. Go go grab about twenty pounds of rye. Um, that'll go. It kind of you know. Um, That's pretty dang good, man. Go with the the maltiness and the extra breadiness from the Munich. You know, give it a little pepper maybe a little snap uh, and then we have a whole bag of Centennial that we're going to brew with at the other place and we got shut down we never got to brew that beer so let's crack that open and just change the hop schedule and a uh, little bit of Cascade a lot of bit of Centennial mm. and then a nice nice dry hop and it's kind of exactly what I was hoping it would turn out to be being that it's mostly Centennial you know uh, as we were brewing it you know and we we're like this is probably going to kind of turn out maybe something similar to um, to the uh, the Bell's beer that we were talking talking about um not hop slam but uh too too hearted yeah sorry i can my brain fart there um it's got a really good color nice clarity too to it and i mean the smell is amazing it's that is really really good and the little little uh, grass a little dank but it's also like nice and smooth you know mm -hmm. to me it's got a nice you know soft mouth feel yeah what's the abv on this 7.7 um, 70 IBUs, but again, uh, being that it's Centennial in, um, we're talking ten, a 10 minute edition, then we're talking a Whirlpool edition, and we're talking a, a decent uh, few pounds worth of dry hop for a three barrel batch is what we brewed. Steve, what's the most powerful beer that South Bend Brewworks makes? Um, uh, regularly, the most powerful beer we make is disinhibited. That usually clocks in somewhere between eight and Eight, eight, seven, and nine, one, depending on how how uh, well the yeast, uh, at least in the old spot. I'm, I'm the the first batch here is basically right on money that we did because um, we did the proper beer the next day. We actually brewed disinhibited, and I didn't throw the wrong stuff in. <laughs> <laughs> and what's so, the what's the least uh, ABV you guys deal with? That would be our Illuminator Whip Beer, um, nice Belgian style Whip Beer, four point eight, four point seven percent in that range. Uh, yeah, and that's what we. Should shoot for yeah um and, and then some of the specialty beers that we have on right now are a barrel aged smoked barley wine and a belgian triple um batch 1000 and batch 1100 from the belgian triple that was on the old system uh, fun fact about batch 1100 Ooh, love a fun fact uh going yeah. back to untapped uh when when you enter new beers on untapped and you start typing out the name it'll show you all the other beers that are named similarly in the system so when i typed in batch 1100 only four other names popped up in the system including the one i was entering so we're one of four breweries in the country at least on untapped that has had gotten to 1100 batches of beer and I just kind of thought that was pretty cool because we're just amazing. a tiny little nano brewery in the uh, originally in the basement of a crumbling state theater building and, and on a one and a half barrel Blickman electric system that was just an absolute beast. 1114 11, batches went through that thing and we have upgraded to a new system now but I still got that guy and and it's still got some life in it too. It's got all the dents and dings and you know the, the, the wear and tear you'd expect from over 1100 batches but uh, uh, what a cool little uh, boil kettle, you know, it, it's... Uh Will that be like the pilot system then for you guys? Like, well, gonna try to make some different stuff before it goes actually into the big. Like, no, we really don't have room for pilot system, and we're only on a, a three and a half barrel system now. Okay, we went from gotcha. basically went from a two barrel system to almost a four barrel system, so we kind of nice. doubled our capacity. Um, we were kind of faking a, a two barrel setup um, at the other place. Uh, I bought a used two barrel mash tun from Hoplore, and uh, and then we put an extension on our one and a half barrel 
boil kettle so we could we could do a two barrel brew day you know in one shot and that really helped with our capacity over it but that was literally the only thing we could fit down in the basement over there so to be able to bump up to the new system has been really helpful you mentioned hop lore and that's a fun fact too wasn't hop lore hop lore originally was brewing yeah. with your guys system yep. before they moved down to get their own system yep. down in leesburg there yep and we love hop lore yep. i love really stefan he, he's he's doing a great job over there yeah um, yeah learned a lot from those guys too just because you know there we're kind of sharing the space which is still kind of hard for me to imagine given <laughs> how, how busy we were in 2019 and we had we had uh, beer fermenting every nook and cranny we could stick it down there um but yeah and and we've had some good collaborations with other breweries you know studebaker brewing company is is there's some of my best friends um the original brewer brandon he's up at niles brewing company now and he's a great friend and collaborator guest we had on this series yeah this yeah uh, and uh brewers actually kind of came out of the fact that across the street downtown there was the uh there was the beer the micro brew supply store right well that's that's originally yeah. south bend brewers was the supply store and okay. then they and then they turned it into the brew pub, That's and right. then they moved the supply store uh, about a block and a half down Michigan Street for a little while, and then basically it just kind of went away because they were too busy trying to get the brew pub together. Now we have Third Horse, uh, which is over. Yeah, at the- and Third Horse is great. Yeah, I love those guys over there. If they're in a pinch for a small brewer like me, and I can't get something, or I ran out of something. I can zip over there, and you know, going back into supply chain issues in the middle of a pandemic, um, glassware last year. So suddenly became a hard thing to get because everybody in the entire country suddenly had to could only put their beer into growlers mm. oh yeah that's right I forgot so about not only glassware but the caps that go on top of the glassware you know and and you know it's all one things, thing yeah all things you don't think about yeah it's one thing to have enough amber it's, and it's another thing if you can't put a cap on it and send it out the door so uh, so yeah he saved my bacon a couple of times just by being able to go up and scoop up some uh, some growler caps until we could get our stuff delivered so it's nice to have a resource nearby like that um, with grain and everything too you know you need a pinch of this or a, a dash of that sort of thing you can go and find it over there yeah any home brewers out there listening go check out Third Horse over in Elkhart real easy to get to off of 19 mm-hmm. uh, on the bypass there Big Red Barn yep Big Red Barn <laughs> can't Pre- miss it pretty hard to miss yeah but uh, great dude alright things to look forward to on the calendar uh, Brandon who you mentioned from Niles Brewing Company he's actually doing his third Thursday Tap Takeover, and this week it's going to be with Transient um, out of Bridgman, which you just made a trip up there, Warren, to pick up your... It took me a couple weeks to get up there, but I've actually got my uh, my Buckley allotment. Thank nice. you for that. Yeah. It's super nice to sh- that you shared. And um, I got a message uh, from Jim Moeller. Do you know mm-hmm. Jim? Um, from Mega. He said that the Mega meeting is this Sunday... Or, this afternoon, 2 p.m., upstairs in the war room at the Crooked U, another one of our favorites nice. um, that was on earlier this summer. And, uh, yeah, it, they also have a Zoom link available for those who can't make it in. And we'd like to turn things over now to Steve at the South Bend Brew Works and tell us uh, a little bit about your summer coming up. If you guys have anything going on, if you're just excited to be here, tell them yeah. where the new location is. Yeah, once again, new location is the Hibbert Building, uh, 321 South Main Street. Uh, the building is directly across the main library. Um, everybody should pretty much know where that's at. It's right in the heart of downtown South Bend. The one under uh, construction. The one under construction, <laughs> yeah, which they're expecting to be done, <clears throat> pardon me, hopefully sometime around August or so. Uh, it's going to be amazing. A lot of people, a lot of foot traffic coming through. A lot so of thirsty librarians. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I could easily see that. Um, do you guys have all ages at South Bend Brewers? Yep, yep. Uh, uh, we are all ages. Yeah, our, our patio. We have a full family dining side, and then uh, the bar side is. You know, it's actually really similar to our original layout in terms of uh, family dining on the right hand side, uh, the bar on the left hand side, and the patio right out front. So Sweet. lots of familiarity. When you walk in, you're going to kind of look around and go, "Wait a minute, this looks like Brewworks." It doesn't, but also it, it does. You know, and yeah, we, there's uh, a feel. We've had a lot of regulars just kind of look around at the place and just go, "It feels like it's always been here," and it's kind of amazing so lots of stuff going on in downtown south bend and and that library is where i'm going to take my kids and then walk across the street and i'll be there like hey go. guys time to go grab daddy some books yeah <laughs> i know you're proud of yourself good yeah yeah <laughs> I know. um that's gonna do it steve uh, we appreciate one it's nice to finally meet you and it's uh it's great to touch base and, and remind everybody that south bend brew works new location they're open it's game on downtown south bend um, congratulations on getting through the last headache and uh, the last uh, the last years of South Bend Brew Works. Um, we good, Zach? Thank you, guys. We're good. All right. Uh, on behalf of the show, cheers. 
Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>